not being afraid to admit when other people are better than you. Stay away from rankings. Like I'm huge on <laughs> not worrying about rankings. Hi, this is Shlomo Sosin, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and specific strategies on how you as a teenage kid can overcome any struggle in your life. Whether you're going through anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, I've interviewed 70 people from around the world on their story, how they were able to overcome their struggle, and how you can too. If you don't know this already, I'm releasing my first book. It's called Never Fight Alone. It's going to be in hardcover and ebook on September 15, 2020. It's 51 inspiring interviews on how you as a teenager can overcome your struggles and improve your mental health. This is a book that you shouldn't miss out on. It's a life-changing book. It's like a Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss or Chicken Soup of the Soul by Jack Canfield. Make sure to click the link in the description to learn more about the book. Today's podcast guest is Dontel Jefferson. Dontel is a former NBA player. He's the author of the book, How to Make It to the NBA. He's a keynote speaker and he's an educator. Today, we're going to talk about his experience in getting to the NBA. It wasn't easy for him. He had to jump a lot of hoops. Today's podcast episode, we're going to cover on his experience and journey getting to the NBA and what he could have done differently in high school and college because he had to jump a lot of hoops. So give it up to Dontel Jefferson. Dontel, so much, thank you so much for being on the Teenage Impact Podcast. How, how's it going, man? Uh, thank, thank you for having me. Uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, I can't complain. Busy day today, but uh, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, uh, we're doing this podcast right now at nighttime. But, you know, I want to know who you were before the NBA, before the basketball in college. Who was Dontel back in middle school and high school? Back in middle school and high school, man, I was just a slim, scrawny kid who loved football and just happened to play basketball as well. Very, very quiet. I stayed to myself a lot. Um, I had, you know, I, besides my friends, other than that, I was I was the only child at the time. Just me and my mother. Just living, man. No worries, no bills. And, you know, I was just kind of mm-hmm. carefree. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it's interesting because football was your main sport. How how did you get interested in uh, basketball then? So main main sport. Yeah, like I I started playing football around the age of four or five, and um, like I just as I got older, I would play basketball in 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 the yard at my grandmother's house, and you know I had a goal or whatever, but it was football was it. So I I always played basketball, but I loved football. Um, so anything Rick, I played football. Like I didn't start playing basketball organized until like the fourth grade. So that's when I kind of started gearing towards basketball and um, kind of started developing another passion for that. Mm-hmm. What yeah. would you say your top two or three struggles were in high school? Man, I, I would I would say my struggles in high school was one I, I wasn't strong enough playing basketball. Um, I wasn't big, like I was tall, but I wasn't as, you know, mm-hmm. big and had size like some of the other guys. And then my skills just wasn't polished as other players that I had been around either. 
Mm-hmm. And what, what did you do to strengthen those skills? So the biggest thing I did, man, I, I went the JUCO route. I went junior, junior college because I only had one division one offer out of high school. Uh, and that was really my only offer. And from there, I kind of just grinded out. I went to transfer to the University of Arkansas for two years. And there was kind of where I was able to get with the strength, strength conditioning program and, and get stronger. And so just just over the years of just continually grinding and grinding and grinding and learning from other players who I thought were better than me, like that's that's kind of how I started started to develop a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's 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 crazy because it's a very similar story to I interviewed John Tay Hall, you know, John mm-hmm. Tay not so small. Uh, I interviewed him and he said he didn't get any offers. Oh, well, he got very few offers too community college colleges and it was literally him reaching out to those colleges sending him sending them tapes and also kind of exaggerating about his height because he was shorter than what he actually put in his email mm-hmm. so for you just like John T. Hall it was straight hustle because no one was going to hand you everything you know I respect the hard work did you see yourself in the NBA back then <laughs> Man, you know, I had it written down. Um, mm-hmm. Like, my thing growing up was, like, oh, I'm going to be this big NFL quarterback like Joe Montana. <laughs> like, the 49ers was my team. I love Roger Craig, Jerry Rice. I don't know if you remember Merton Hanks that played defense. Right? Like, like, I was a huge 49er fan. Uh-huh. And when I became a freshman in high school, my stepdad, I, we were just having a conversation watching NBA playoffs and – I mentioned – I just happened to mention that I wanted to play in the NBA. Um, by this time, I had quit playing football. And um, he had me write down my goals that I wanted to, you know, achieve during high school and, you know, in life. And I wrote down five of them. And wow. the NBA was one of them. So, you know, when I wrote it, I didn't think I would be an NBA player. I just wrote down what I wanted. And I put it on my wall, uh, on my closet, um, so I could see it every day. Ten years later, yeah, I was an NBA player. So like, it, I mm-hmm. it was not even a thought. Like, I just wrote it down, and that was that was it. Mm-hmm. Why Why do you think writing down your goals was important? My stepdad had this thing where he always was. Uh, he was big on visualizing or whatever it is that you want. Um, he he played in the in the CFL at the time, and that was his way of just kind of. Uh, I guess, you know, if I want it bad enough, like I need to see it every day. And so if I see it every day, I do what it takes to work towards whatever it is that on that, you know, on that list. And that stuck with me. And like one of my best friends literally had to remind me that I actually had that those goals up in my room, maybe like five, six years ago, because I had totally forgot. Um, like, like it had been so long ago. But I think like that was just his way of, you know, you know, giving me advice from a professional athlete standpoint of, you know, this is what you want, write it down, and then be able to work towards it by seeing it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's powerful. I actually have a visualization board as well of things I want to accomplish. Like my book, my book is releasing in about two weeks. And I put up that book probably last summer and just as a reminder, hey, I'm going to accomplish this even when times get tough and visualization is kind of like a reminder, you know, you you may, it may not be in fruition right now, but eventually 
and you know the power of the mind you're eventually going to get there with persistence and hard work you're transitioning from college to now what was the next step after college man i was doing <laughs> i was doing a fifth year my fifth year of school um i didn't have an agent mm-hmm. and i knew i wanted to play basketball but i didn't know how to go about it and i ended up catching a break from my one of my former assistant coaches he had a friend that actually was an agent that agent reached out to me and we had a conversation. Um, I told him I wanted to go overseas. He told me, no, you're an NBA player. I'm going to get you in the NBA development league and mm-hmm. we're going to work for whatever reason. I believed in and I trusted in him and, you know, he got me drafted into the D league and I won a championship my first year. Wow. Uh, my, my, yeah. Uh, my second year, I go back to the D league, play half a season. Then I go overseas then my third year, um, you know, I go to training camp with the Clippers, get cut. I go back to the D-League, and, you know, four months later, you know, I'm picked up by Charlotte. So it was really a blessing in disguise because um, I really had no no idea. I was just in school finishing my degree. Mm-hmm. And how long were you in Charlotte for? Uh, just one year, 2008, mm-hmm. uh, 2008-2009. Mm-hmm. And then what were the moves afterwards? So after Charlotte, I went back to the D League, um, mm-hmm. and then I ended up getting hurt. I ended up having to have microfractures, fracture, microfractures, mm-hmm. surgery, excuse me, on both of my knees, and that kind of set me out roughly two years because um, I was just so impatient and wanted to come back. And then the advice from my doctors were, you know, if I wasn't having pain, you know, I'm good. So like I took that advice, um, but I mentally I just wasn't ready yet. And, you know, it set me out again. So I had to take another year to recuperate and come back. And from there, I go back to the D-League to get film. I played with the Austin Spurs. And I eventually ended up in Libya in 2014. And then I finished my career in Saudi Arabia in 2018. Wow. So you traveled in Saudi Arabia and Libya. Any other country? Uh, Qatar. Qatar. Um, yeah, I played a little bit in Canada when, like, when they first mm-hmm. started their season, first started their league. So, yeah, I've been over a little bit. Uh-huh. Did you want to play for the NBA longer? Or what was I that? I did. You did? Okay. Yeah, I did. Um, so once I, once I left Charlotte, you know, I was really on the verge of getting back in. I remember Darren Williams um, had some, like, some family issues at the time, and like, I was – I had already been playing in their, um, well, not theirs, but the Utah Flash D-League team. So we ran all of their sets, all of their plays. But I think, you know, they caught wind of me having had that surgery. Mm-hmm. And the fact that um, they brought me in, they would have to pay me more money than they would a rookie. Mm-hmm. And so they brought, they signed a rookie instead of signing me. And so, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of, it's a lot of things that, goes into like you know some of these deals where you know some teams may not want to pay you eight hundred thousand dollars but they'll pay a rookie four hundred mm-hmm. you know that that minimum and so you kind of sucks but like that's kind of how the business goes mm-hmm. um and then I you know I, I tried to get back in and then I just got I kind of I kind of got somewhat wouldn't say complacent but I got older had you know I had a daughter and I felt like I couldn't keep chasing that dream and so I just went overseas and you know 
you know, stack my money. You know, even being, people don't realize when they see the D-League, even when you are in the D-League, that is super competitive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, you know, people want to shoot for the NBA. And the chances of getting to the NBA or NFL or any professional sport, it's like a very small chance. But the development league is still a small chance. It's like one below it. And you're still a very good player. Did it ever mess up with your mind that, oh, my gosh, I should have been in the NBA? Or you kind of just, you know, were complacent on where you were in life and just embraced, embraced nah, it? No. Um, so I think, like, once like once I – like once I noticed, uh, like my game changing, and mm-hmm. then I was being able to dominate um, my position at that time. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I belonged. It was just a matter of time. Yeah. And then once the sur- once the surgery happened, it was more so, let me recover, and get back in because, yeah. the year I was hurt, I played majority of the games and I never ran a sprint the whole time, and my numbers were higher than they were the year I got the call up. Mm-hmm. So so my confidence was there. Like it wasn't a matter matter, uh, matter of me me not knowing that I can do it again. It mm-hmm. was just being healthy enough to actually just go out there and do it. It was bad in a sense because it was, you know, I knew what I can do and then I would I would see guys coming at me because I had a name at that time. And it was like, man, like I really can't like I'm not where I was at a year ago. Like even when I was hurt, mm-hmm. like if I was if I was just hurt, like you still wouldn't be able to get the best of me right now. You know, like that does that make sense? So yeah, it makes perfect sense. Like your confidence was higher. You were yeah, in at a much uh, better level than you were before. You kind of like this unstoppable, stoppable guy. And sometimes life gets in the way of you accomplishing certain goals because there is another path for you. Right. And at that time, you don't see it because you, you, just, you just want that main goal you've been working towards all your life. And it happens to a lot of people. What would you tell those people? Man, I, I would say, you know, and just embrace the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really would say just embrace the moment and see, mm-hmm. see you know, what, what lessons you can learn from that. Like a lot of people don't even know, like I was an all-star selection the year I was hurt, but I didn't play in the game because mentally I told myself, oh, I didn't want to play in the game. And mm-hmm. I turned my ankle the, the, the day that I'm supposed to go to All-Star Weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, even by putting things like that in the universe, like, I kind of cursed myself and not even got to get a chance to go. But, yeah, just, just embrace the moment, you know, take it for what it is. Understand you're there for a reason and, you know, figure out how you can make the best of it. Um, if I had to do it all over again, I would have never said I didn't want to go. Um, but I think I was still kind of emotionally in ego driven a little bit because I felt like I should have got the, the all-star selection the year before when I was healthy. Um, so to me, it didn't make sense. Like how am I, I'm able to get it this year and I'm like, I'm not even a hundred percent. You know what I mean? So yeah, embrace, embrace the moment. Enjoy it. Figure out how you can maneuver through it. Get any advice or resources from anybody that may have gone through it, and keep you know keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Totally true. What would you do differently in high school and in college to prepare you for that moment, or to 
have a higher chances of getting into the NBA and staying there? Man, I would have got in a gym a lot more. <laughs> like lift weights? Like not even not even the weight room, just more so like my coach was a defensive coach, but he can shoot like he can shoot the basketball. Mm-hmm. And so like he, he, he always drilled like us having great form and we need to get in the gym and shoot. But I didn't get reps up like how, you know, a lot of younger guys are getting reps up now in practice and stuff like that. Like I would just go to practice, go home. Mm-hmm. Um, in the summertime, you know, I would play, you know, in my neighborhood, things like that. Like it was one of those things where a lot of guys at my school, like they couldn't get to the high school. So like I like how summer programs are now where, you know, they're playing summer league games and things like that. They're practicing, going to the gym, getting exercise from my school. Like it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. We never had enough guys to do it for whatever reason. You know, I didn't buy into it at that time. Um, so mm-hmm. like that, that, like that'll be number one. And then two, I think once I got in junior college, I probably would have spent a lot more time with the guy that actually was older who went through our school and was playing professional basketball at the time mm-hmm. um, because he, he had a lot of knowledge and he was another guy that kind of, he like he rarely played at the junior college, but he always worked hard. He had a huge work ethic and he wanted to outwork everybody. And that was the reason why he's like one of the guys that actually, you know, played overseas outside of the guys that was on his team that was considered better than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you have to, I mean, not just for basketball, but anything in life, you have to go above and beyond to do what you're do, doing because the work you're putting in now, is, you're not going to see it until three or five years on the road. Right. And I think that's what made players like Kobe Bryant so great because, you know, he made a decision that, hey, I'm going to be great. I'm going to sacrifice whatever it takes to get there. Right. Now you're in high school. Looking back, how would you get to a D1 school? Um, You're talking to not only your high school self, but also other high school students. One, decent grades. Like I think that'll be mm-hmm. the first thing is to have have good grades to where if you have a high enough GPA, you know that obviously help prepare for the SAT and the ACT. Okay. early as possible um like that'll be number two and then as far as the athletic side i feel like sports kind of take care of themselves if you're doing the right thing mm-hmm. so if you listen to coaches you're going to practice on time staying late staying early you know if you know if you have access to the gym like that and then not being afraid to admit when other people are better than you stay away from rankings like i'm huge on mm-hmm. not worrying about rankings like, I feel like that's a, it's such a misconception because to tell you the truth, I honestly believe I got to Arkansas because I played with a guy at my junior college who was being looked at by NBA scouts. Like, mm-hmm. he, he was such a great scorer and shooter. We always had NBA scouts at our games. They would come to our practices. College coaches would come to our practices. So be able to accept, you know, when there's a great player around you and feed off of him, you know, if, if he looks good, you look good, you know, the team look good. So that, you know, that everybody look good and 
it'll take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, now with social media, that's what you want. Post your videos, tag all the coaches, tag the school. You know, like that's another avenue that they can go uh, now as far as being looked at by different colleges and stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially if there are no college coaches always coming to your school. Right. People come from unfortunate backgrounds. They don't have enough money. Maybe someone's not getting a scholarship. What can that person do? I think that's where you um, you find out what your skill is. So mm-hmm. if you want if you want to be part of a program, maybe that you maybe you become a walk on. Um, maybe you go in debt and you know try to take out a loan, or mm-hmm. um, maybe you go to a, a, a junior college and enroll there. You know where the where the tuition is lower, and maybe walk on there and try to get try mm-hmm. to be seen. You know. So it's, it's different avenues to kind of go about it. Um, there is got to be or there will be some type of sacrifice when you come from those circumstances. Um, and then also, if you can find a mentor to kind of guide you, um, like that's that's the biggest way to find find somebody that done been through it, that been through that process and kind of give you advice on how to navigate that way as well. Like I come from a real private area and that I didn't, like I didn't have any mentors to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I was just fortunate that my mom wanted better and she moved to Atlanta. Um, and so that provided me a lot more opportunities. So I totally understand that when, you know, when people come from unfortunate circumstances, it's all about being able to put your best foot forward and using the resources that you have to kind of navigate your way around as well. Mm-hmm. And what's your book about? So my book is my journey to the NBA. Um, okay. So how is how I come from a very small town, um, Watermill, capital of the world, Cordell, Georgia, and how I was able to, to come from that and you know go to junior college and get a degree and go to University of Arkansas and, and graduate and you know still make it to the biggest stage in basketball by only having that one scholarship out of high school. Mm-hmm. Very true. And what's your goals right now? So my goal is now is to be uh, speaking in uh, corporate. Um, now I, I do speak to, you know, different uh, high schools and things like that on, you know, circumstances don't determine your future. Uh, you do. Um, and um, I get them to visualize their goals, um, understand self, self-motivation and being able to attack fear uh, regardless of, you know, what life brings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also an assistant dean at a, a charter Charter High School here in Little Rock, Arkansas, and then I'm assistant basketball coach. So, you know, my main goal is to give back to you know kids that um, kind of come from similar situ- situations that I come from, and and still hoping and you know try to leave the biggest impact on you know anybody that I can. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. You're such a role model to younger people, and people need to look up to someone like you. Mm-hmm. As a role model, especially if, you know, some people are not grown with a role model in their life. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Thanks. I appreciate it. Getting into a professional sport, you know, I end every interview like this uh, with this one question about resiliency. Resiliency is overcoming certain circumstances in your life. And my entire brand is based off of overcoming struggles. And especially to get to the NBA, 
to the big stage, you need a lot of resilience. What does resiliency mean to you? And resilience means having an attitude where nothing is going to get in your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel like I was able to do that um, just from my journey. Um, my my high school was fairly new. Well, I'm the only NBA player that actually went to my high school as of now. Going to junior college, uh, which is a a grind in itself because everybody's just trying to get somewhere else. Playing in the SEC, getting benched my senior year, leaving Arkansas averaging four points and three assists. And, you know, my first year I won a championship in the D League and three years later I'm in the NBA. Um, so I think, like, all those things kind of relates to resiliency. Like, I, I never – I never gave up. I didn't get down on myself. And then I also had people there to support me as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. even being being resilient, I still was, you know, able to be humble enough and admit that sometimes I need help and I need to learn from others as well. So I just tried to make sure that I respected everybody. And in return, you know, I got respect back. And I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, is a part of resilience that a lot of people miss. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. And Dontel, where can people find you? I am on Instagram uh, at Dontel Jefferson. I am also on Facebook at Dontel Jefferson. Then I have a Twitter as well. Uh, it's Dontel underscore J. Mm-hmm. Uh, my website is DonteljeffersonCom. You can find me there. Uh, my book is on Amazon. You can search. It's called How to Make It to the NBA. Uh, the 100% Truth About Coming from Nowhere having little to no scholarship and still making it to the biggest stage in basketball. Good for you, man. Thank you so much, Dantel, for being on Teenage Impact Podcast, sharing your journey to the NBA. Keep on going, man. Keep on rocking it. Thanks, man. Thank you for having me as well. (laughs) Take care. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to the Teenage Impact Podcast. This episode was fire like i mentioned in the beginning of the episode if you want to learn more about my book never fight alone click the link in the description if you're tuning in from apple podcast i am trying to impact as many lives as possible so rate and review teenage impact on apple so we can impact more people by reaching more people so until next time peace <laughs>